get ready for Shuckapalooza. The star of television and Broadway, John Shuck. Hello there, John. Good to see you. The viral John Shuck. John Shuck. John Shuck. The powerful John Shuck. John Shuck. The star of Holmes and Yo-Yo and McMillan, John Shuck. The charming John Shuck. Oh, Shuck. <laughs> Starfleet regulations, that's outrageous. Episode 269. Nice. Nice. Submission number 2024, Holmes and Yo-Yo. Holmes and Yo-Yo aired on ABC from September 25th, 1976 to August 8th, 1977 for a total of 13 episodes. You've got four partners in the hospital. Come on, Alex, you're a good cop. By the way, who's my new partner? We call him Yo-Yo. He weighs 427 pounds. He's a completely mobile computer, specially programmed for police work. Is he indestructible? We think so. Send in Holmes. Including Holmes, must know his identity. Alex, no, don't. You're not a person. You're not going to tell them? In my book, you got to make yourself a good cop. That's what I put in my report. Well, as Mike alluded to in the open. Oh, and week- I, I, oh hold on. And I just want I, I love the update I did to the Suck Up Palooza music. So do I. <laughs> I had to stick to Star regulations. That's outrageous right at the end. That is, that's so. That just, oh, that just makes so much I'm sense. I'm so proud of it. I got to give myself a pass. Mike, you get dapped this week. I'm you back. get dapped this week. Let's start Suckapalooza. Yeah. Well, as Mike alluded to in the open, this week marks our very first ever. And probably our very only ever, I don't know, Shuckapalooza! We have three shows this week, and they all have one person in common. Character actor and gentle giant, John Shuck. We start with this show, which takes two things that are very popular in the mid-70s. Shows involving androids and police procedurals. You give them to an AI, and this is the show it produces. Note the curious case of Alexander Holmes, a down-on-his-luck beat detective whose partners either end up in the hospital or worse. All of this is fleshed out in the opening sequence, as you no doubt have heard. Someone in the Los Angeles police has an idea. And they've developed a new breed of police officer. Greg Yoyanovich. He's 457 pounds. He looks about 6 foot 5. He's very strong. And he is very naive. 
and a bit clumsy. But all in all, he's a nice guy. Good heart on oh, him. But, but, oh, oh, but Chico, there, there's one thing you didn't mention about him. What's that? He's a robot. He's a robot? He's a robot. Greg, Gregory Yoyanovich is a robot? Well, what human being do you know is like six foot five and 450 pounds and shut your mouth if you say my name? <laughs> you are not 450 pounds, good sir. And I'm also not six foot five, okay. It's like you are 250 pounds soaking wet, my friend. You keep on believing that. <laughs> okay, so Yo Yo as he is called by everybody, is part of a pilot program to test out a new brand of crime fighter that can supplement the police work done on a day-to-day basis. The chief assigns him to Holmes under one condition Under no circumstances is Holmes, or anyone for that matter, allowed to know Yoyanovich's secret. That is accidentally revealed when Yo-Yo gets shot. Holmes discovers his secret, and he swears Yo-Yo to secrecy. As Yo-Yo would swear Holmes to secrecy. So now Holmes spends his entire career watching over Yo-Yo and protecting their shared secret. All while making the world a better place to live. For decent folk like you and me. Well, well, you mostly. Anyway. (laughs) So, who do we have playing the titular roles? Well, playing the titular role of Alexander Holmes is Richard B. Schull, who is very much, you know, you see his physiognomy, he is very much a demure character. But he is known notably as a pretty much that guy from that thing. He was on several shows. He was on The Pack in 1977, Hail to the Chief in 1972, Tune in Tomorrow in 1990, and... He was actually Goldie Hawn's father in 1992's House Sitter. The um, Steve Martin Goldie Hawn movie House Sitter. Yes. And this is going to be the second week in a row that we mentioned this. He was in Private Parts with Howard Stern. Isn't this like the second straight week we've mentioned Private Parts? I literally just said that. Oh, and he also plays Dr. Ross in 1984's Splash, which, as we all know, made Tom Hanks' career. I thought Bosom Buddies made Tom Hanks' career. No, 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 no. The Guardian's first pitch this year made his career. There you go. There you go. No, I'll fight you on that. Joe versus the Volcano made Tom Hanks' career. Mom, Dad, stop fighting. No. Okay, so we have... Oh, he was also in The Big Bus, if you are a fan of parodies, disaster movies, and parodies of disaster movies. Okay. 
And playing the role of Yo-Yo is, of course, our hero this week, John Shuck. I'm going to get into all of his career as the week goes on, but suffice it to say, John Shuck has been in a lot of things. A lot of things. Hey, Chico, did you know what I just realized? What did you just realize? John Shuck was Pippi Longstocking's dad in the You Pippi didn't Longstock- know that? I had forgotten he was the dad in the Pippi Longstocking movie. He was Ephraim Longstocking in the Pippi Longstocking movie. But kids, whatever you do, do not Google what happens to Pippi Longstocking. No, kids, don't do it. Do what not do, you, do it. Jack, what do you have to say about that? No, 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 no. Oh, hey, Mike, do you know who's in the Pippi Longstocking movie? I really don't know. Eileen Brennan. (laughs) Mike just gave the double deuce. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What the hell? All I can say is she looks good. Looks good. Looks good. Eileen Brennan? I think Brennan looks good. No, Pippi Longstocking. Pippi Longstocking. Oh, yeah. Eileen Brennan looks good, or else you need to get your eyes examined, my friend. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about what she's doing nowadays. No. Which we will never talk about what she's doing nowadays. No, because that would be horrible. That would that would be a whole other podcast. They're also assisted by Captain Harry Sedford, played by Bruce Kirby, who assigns Yo-Yo to Holmes. Bruce Kirby, not to be confused with Bruno Kirby. Bruce Kirby is, uh, he's been in a number of things. He's been in Numbers, The Sopranos. He played a doctor in Days of Our Lives. He was actually uh, several characters in Columbo. And he also spent 13 episodes as D.A. Rogoff on L.A. Law. R.I.P. L.A. Law reboot. They're not going forward with it on ABC. Oh, I want to get more use of that, of Diana Moldor going down the elevator shaft. Who says you can't? Oh, let's just play it anyway. I really don't want to talk about it. You son of a bitch, Greg. (laughs) Anytime we can find a a use for that, we're going to use it. Also, also, he was on an episode of Future Entry and Jillian. Not to be confused with Jennifer Slept Here. You mean the Ann Jillian show? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just say he played a lot of police officers at his time. Uh, sadly, he's no longer with us. And assisting as Officer Maxine Moon is Andrea Howard, who is known for the nude bomb. You know what the nude bomb is, right? It's the Get Smart movie, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. She plays Agent 22. And that's the entire cast for all of the actual principal episodes, of which I have plenty 
But uh, we do have a lot of recurring characters, like playing Dr. Babcock, the creator, or the person who helped develop Yo-Yo, because Yo-Yo is named after his creator, is Larry Hovis from Laughing. We've talked about Larry Hovitz a lot on this podcast. Yep. Well, Laughing, he also was on Hogan's Heroes Forever, it seems. He was a game show producer, announcer, personality. He was like the primary regular guest on Liars Club back in the 70s. Like the founding member, as they call him in the, the opening credits, I believe, or one of the founding members. So yeah, he figures into Yo-Yo's creation and basically put, aside from the captain and Holmes, one of the only people in the world to know of Yo-Yo's true mechanical nature. And he also knows a whole lot about Yo-Yo. I've got a list of all the things that Yo-Yo can do here from our good friends at Truth by Consensus Wikipedia here. He has super speed reading, the ability to analyze clues to the scene. He had a Polaroid camera built into his hardwire. He has a photographic memory. In fact, if he punches his nose, a Polaroid appears in his breast pocket. Oh my god, that's awful. So he's sort of like the first cell phone, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Only cell phones nowadays do not weigh 427 pounds. Those are his abilities. He has super strength. He has a photographic memory. He can analyze a crime scene and come up with a theory of what crimes have been committed. But unfortunately, he has a few shortcomings. He is the perfect police officer, almost. You see... He gets his wires crossed every time somebody activates a remote next to him. Bullets cause him to break out in dancing. What? Bullets cause him to break out in dancing. No, I heard you. I just, that's just a reaction. Oh my God. They make him dance? They make him dance, yes. Okay. He is physically attracted to magnets. Well, that makes sense. He picks up radio signals from Sweden. The skit must be amazing. But a criminal punches him in the nose. His Polaroid camera goes crazy. Well, now wait, wouldn't that be evidence? It shows the guy punching him in the nose. That, yep. that, that's like evidence that he assaulted Yo-Yo. Yeah! That, that, yep, it's a blessing and a curse. It's assault! And also, he runs on his own self-contained batteries, which tend to get really critical really quickly. If he doesn't get a charge, his memory and effectively his being would be erased. So he has to get a charge by any means possible. Think Jason Statham in that one movie. Crank? Yep, that's the movie. Thanks, Greg. Oh, yeah, and there's one more shortcoming. Uh, We're going to go ahead and play a bit from the pilot here, which demonstrates that whatever you do, do not ask him about his work history. 
Why is that? Oh, yeah, because he's a robot. Yeah. How many men? One. One man. Detective Yovanovitch. He's been specially prepared for this assignment. It's a great honor to be working under your jurisdiction, Captain. Thank you. Tell me about yourself. Where have you been working? The 23rd Precinct. Which division? The Bunko Squad. How many years? Bunko Squad. Yes, the Bunko Squad. The Bunko Squad. Yes, the Bunko Squad. How many years? Bunko Squad. What's wrong, Doctor? It's a minor adjustment. That was embarrassing. I'm sorry, Yo-Yo. You mean he's a... He's a... He's a... Can't somebody fix the captain? <laughs> As you can see, he saw a few kinks to iron out. Just don't ask him about the Bunko Squad. He won't shut up about it. But aside from that, he is the ideal police detective. Even helps break a case of the pilot, of which we will go over right now. Carbagedly, Detective Alex Holmes is teamed with the new partner, Gregory Yo-Yo Yoyanovich, to catch a car thief. Holmes thinks there's something odd about Yo-Yo when he discovers he's a robot, but decides to keep the knowledge to himself. Uh, this was actually written by Leonard Stern and Lee Hewitt and Jack Scher, all of whom have worked under the great Mel Brooks and the, he's okay, Buck Henry who created Get Smart. So they bring that whole Get Smart vibe into this show. It's like, imagine Get Smart as a police procedural. I knew Leonard Stern sounded familiar. When I saw his name, the first thing that came to my mind was he was a producer on Get Smart. And of course, you have the Mel Brooks and uh, Buck Henry uh, relationship there because they created Get Smart. Mm-hmm. Among other things. But yes, we have the uh, first appearance of Dr. Babcock and G. Wood as the police commissioner. There is one big name here. Play the role as an uncredited gas station attendant. It's Mr. Black. And so we are clear. Kim. Yeah, exactly. For clarity, it's not the Black. Mr. Black. And it's not the former <laughs> occupant of the White House. Mr. Black. It's, it's the one with the big chin. Yes. Episode 2. Funny money. When Alex tries to pay for his coffee with the counterfeit 20, he is arrested. Later, more 20s turn up in the procession of other cops. They try to find out where they got the 20s from. They discover a place they all went to and discover that the guy they all bought from works with a known counterfeiter. So this counterfeiter is passing 20s to cops turning an otherwise clean police officer into a dirty birdie. And we have a big name in this episode. Play the role of Carl is a pre-WK... Actually, a like one year or so removed from WKRP Gordon Jump. We don't know him from that, Greg, do we? Oh, God. Wink, wink. Stay the hell away from the, the bicycle shop owner. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Boy, we've just had two winners on these first two episodes. We had Mr. Black. And we had Gordon Jump, who owned the bike shop. We're going to hell. No, we were going to hell. Now we're just enjoying the trip. Episode 3, The Dental Dynamiter. Holmes and Yo-Yo are investigating the bombings of dental offices. Yo-Yo figures out what they all have in common, and when they discover that there are no more dentists who share that link, they think that's it. But another dental office is bombed. They try to figure out what the bomber has against dentists. What does the bomber have against dentists? I don't know. Maybe one of them ran off with his partner's wife. Call back to last week. Uh, we had a name in this one. We have a name in the form of Lou Horn, who plays a character named Dr. Rubin. Lou Horn, you would remember as Lefty Moriarty in the 1990 Dick Tracy movie. But if you are, like Greg, Mike, and myself, a person of a certain age growing up in the late 80s and early 90s, you remember him from his role on Saved by the Bell as Mr. Moody, the curmudgeonly shop owner where Kelly works on Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah, from that Christmas episode. Yep. He was also in two episodes of Manimal. Oh, I can't wait till we do Manimal Revisited later this year. Hey, one more name. Playing Weston in this episode is James T. Callahan. He was Walter Powell on 104 episodes of Charles in Charge. Specifically once it got to syndication. Not the CBS version. To be clear, he is not Jamie Widows. No. Episode 4, The Last Phantom. An actor, a stuntman, and a makeup man are pegged as suspects in the attempted murder of the film director who fired them. Big name in this one, playing the role of Dr. Fletcher, is Linda Gray. And if you don't know who Linda Gray is, what podcast are you even listening to? We're talking about Sue Ellen Ewing, talking about the lead in Models, Inc. Hey, we do have another name in this episode besides uh, Linda Gray. Uh-huh. Playing Clay Dorsey in this episode is King Moody. Where you might know him from, he played Ronald McDonald for 16 years. When? 1969 to 1985, according to IMDb. So he is not the original Ronald McDonald. He is... And he's not the Ronald McDonald. Well, no, the original McDonald. Ronald McDonald was William Scott. I know that, but he wasn't the Ronald McDonald and Mac and me. That's what I was going to say. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a Greg. What? No, um, no we're not going to play Greg. that. No, we're not going to play the clip. Okay. But we will play the clip of Ronald McDonald and Mac and me. We'll play that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Coach. How's it going? Nice. Episode 5. Yo-Yo takes a bride. No, this isn't a reenactment of Not Quite Human 2. This is completely on the up and up. Just, just take a listen here. The chief has been robbed by a burglar while staying at a motel. So Yo-Yo is assigned to undercover work with a policewoman posing as newlyweds. And guess who picked the short straw? Of course, the only one who you would find believable as Yo-Yo's wife, Officer Moon. 
makes sense if you think about it. Hey, we do a naming in this episode. I don't have a character name, unfortunately, for him. However, it goes back to the entire connection we talked about with Get Smart earlier. Yep. As an uncredited something or other, again, I don't have a name, I don't have a, a, a role or anything. Uncredited is Robert Cavellis, and he played Larrabee on Get Smart. He was like one of the agents that worked with 9986. Sounds like he could very well have been your robber. Again, he very may well have because he has a working relationship with, again, Get Smart. So there's your Mel Brooks, your Buck Henry, and your Leonard Stern. It's very possible. Episode 6, The Thornhill Affair. Holmes and Yo-Yo are assigned to prevent the theft of valuable jewels from the wealthy Thornhills. Playing the role of Mrs. Thornhill is Gloria Struke. She was in Operation Petticoat as Mrs. Summers and Maggie, or Mac Secretary Maggie, in Macmillan and Wife. Oh, another John Chuck connection. Yeah, John Shuck was in Macmillan and Wife. Hey, Greg. Yeah? Who played the wife on Macmillan and Wife? Oh, Susan St. James. Oh. Okay, just want to play uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Playing her husband is Richard Rote, who, before being a Thornhill, was a technician in Westworld. The movie, not the TV show. It was also on an episode of 24. If I'm not mistaken, his time, because he was in the Day 7 season, was after that son of a Charles Logan. Obviously. You mean the guy that broke that guy's knee on few? That would be the one, yes. Charge! Level 6, 500! 6, 500 Harrison campaigned with a slogan, Tippy Canoe, and you'll get wet. And Tyler too! Yeah! 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 Ladies and gentlemen, you just saw Stephen Matthews jumping up and down for joy. Well, we had to actually stop taping because Stephen got so excited, he not only jumped up and down for joy, but he actually threw his knee out. We had to take the young man to the hospital, and he is well taken care of, and he's all right, but they had to straighten his knee out, and as soon as he is able, he is going to come back on our show, resume his crown, and have his third attempt at the Gauntlet of the Villains for $25,000. Oh, by the way, speaking of you... Now they're going back and uh, starting at the uh, beginning of the celebrity run. So if you missed uh, any of the episodes the last 14 weeks, now's your chance. I can't wait for that. Episode 7, The Canine Caper. While on a stakeout, Holmes and Yo-Yo hear a woman had her purse snatched from her by a dog? And when there are others, they set a trap using Maxine as the mark, but the dog gets away. They eventually get a lead on who the one behind the dog is. I think we have a name in this one. Playing Mr. Witkowski is Alan Drake, who is known... I believe we talked about Alan Drake in the Sanford verse. Well, actually, he was on one season of Sanford and Son the original, so he wasn't in that episode, sorry. But he was in Get Smart as a sergeant. So again, it all comes back to the Get Smart connection. 
hey, we do actually have a name here. This episode was directed by John Aston. A lot of the episodes were directed by John Aston, actually. Yeah, it looks like four of them, but this is the first one he directed. Okay. We have another episode that was directed by Jackie Cooper, two that were directed by Leonard Stern himself, and two that were directed by Reza Badi, and one that was directed by Noam Pitlick. I only say that because I like saying the word Pitlick. Episode 8. The Hostages. Holmes and Yo-Yo arrest a known criminal. Later, the man's associates hold them captive in exchange for the man's release. And because of an earlier incident, Yo-Yo's power is decreasing, and if it continues, and if he doesn't get a recharge, he will be useless. We talked about this. This is basically prank, if it were get smart. And uh, we have one name that I know of playing the role of Dorothy is Elizabeth Kerr, who is known as Cora Hudson, a.k.a. Mindy's Nana, and Mork and Mindy, for the first two seasons at least. She was also Grandma Kaniski in one episode of Gimme a Break. She was also uh, one of the senior citizens in an episode of Carter Country that we discussed on this podcast, and that's all you're going to hear from us about that. Episode 9, Key Witness. The detectives are assigned to protect a key grand jury witness who is so fearful for his life that he is even evading them. I believe that person is Hugo Clark, who is played by Stanley Brock, who you would know as Uncle Harvey in UHF. And he was in What's Alan Watching? Yep. Hey, that's also not the only name we have in this episode. It's also not the only name we have in this episode. Oh, no. Playing Sherry in this episode is Yvonne Craig. Fat girl! Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, Bat girl from the uh, 66 series, or 67 series. Episode 10. By the way, I can't wait for the Bat girl movie. Just saying. Episode 10. Dead Duck. Alex and Yo-Yo learn of an extortion ring from one of their victims. They follow the money to the man who might be the big man. When he threatens them, they arrest him. They later learn that the man has avoided being convicted because everyone who is supposed to testify against him disappears or somehow expires. So Yo-Yo protects Alex by sticking to him like glue. Hilarity ensues. Just think about that for a second. Yo-Yo sticking to Alex like glue. Going to take that quite literally, isn't he? Well, shouldn't he stick to Yo-Yo like a magnet? Yeah. Makes more sense. Yep. We tried that in the pilot, though. It got kind of grabby. Episode 11. Connection. Connection 2. A tip-off proves inaccurate, but some checks prove that Holmes' source is genuine. So who is feeding him false information? And why? A couple big names in this episode. Maybe three. Uh, first, playing the role of Margo is Linda Dano. Uh, she of the All My Children, I believe. Well, yeah, and she also had her own talk show or, or lifestyle show on Lifetime back in the 80s. 
And just because we got to do it, she was on, I believe, two weeks of Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. This was your Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour callback. And then you have a big name here. You want to talk about a callback here? Playing the role of Claude Richard Paul. What haven't we talked about him on? One in a million. We talked about him on Carter Country. He played Jerry Falwell on The People vs. Larry Flint. Did a superb job on that. Oh, but not with us anymore. Hasn't been with us for about 25 years. And he was in an episode of The New Love American Style. Oh, God. Jeez. I just wanted to see the look on Mike's face. Do I need to give you the same reaction that I gave Greg when he mentioned Eileen Brennan? Nope. No, you don't. Episode 12, The Cat Burglar. Bubbling Detective Holmes and his robot partner pursue a cat burglar, a thief that actually steals cats. And I believe that would be this man, John Bentantonio. Sorry if I messed that up. Who is not known for much. I mean... That was pretty much, well, he has a couple of roles, but that was pretty much it. But you want to talk about a name. I got a name for you. Playing Mrs. Stevenson, Natalie Schaefer. Lover. And here's the last one. Episode 13, Bye Bye Benny. The detectives arrest an out-of-state fugitive, but mistakenly release him to his cohorts impersonating cops. Playing Big Benny is a guy by the name of Howard George, who is known more for his many roles in his many series, including Hank in the Drew Carey Show, Hank in Night Court, a guy who is not named Hank, on no two guys who are not named Hank on Too Close for Comfort and one episode of previous installment Double Dare. The cop show, not the game show. Oh, he was also in an episode of Oh Madeline. But he was a DA, DA Bendici, in two episodes of Hunter. Oh so, Hunter. Yep. <laughs> Fred Dreyer and uh Stephanie Kramer. Hey, one more person in this episode. Again, another one who's, I don't know if it's uncredited or they just didn't mention his character. Alex Henteloff. The only reason I mention this is because about nine years later, he'd star in a certain movie with John Shuck. Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Wait, Star Trek IV The Voyage Home? You mean he was he the president or was he with the Klingons? They credit him as Nichols, whoever that is. Probably a very minor character. Greg and Post, it turns out Nichols is the character who Scotty and McCoy give the plexiglass formula to in 1986 to build the big whale tank for George and Gracie. And in fact, he's in this legendary scene from Star Trek IV. That's the second best behind, of course, John Shuck saying Starfleet regulations. That's outrageous. Perhaps a professor could use your computer. Please. 
Computer? Computer? Ah. Hello, computer. Just use the keyboard. The keyboard. How quaint. But still, there's your connection to another John Shuck role. Yeah. Hey, do you remember the guy from uh, the last precinct you played? The Indian cop was in Star Trek Four. Yes. Yes, I do. Do you remember the one girl from the Go-Go's was in Star Trek Four for like 20 seconds? Are you talking about the lady who got shot in Clue? Yes! I mean, the, uh, the singing Jade, Wheedl- Jade Weedland's character? Yes, yeah, she's in Star Trek Four for like 20 seconds! I am your singing telegram! I'm sorry that we had to bring up Clue, the movie, Mike, because we all know how much you hate Eileen Brennan, but. But I like Clue, the movie, so it sort of balances out. Plus, also, Clue had Martin Mull. How can you not love Martin Mull? That is true. And it had Christopher Lloyd. And Tim Curry. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, so we had a whole lot of talent and a whole lot of uh, decent, well, decent enough writing so what happened well i'm looking at tv tango our friends at tv tango and all i can say is it was on the right night it was on saturday because saturday nights in the 70s that's where you put your fantastic shows that's where you put your shows that don't get the audience but at the same time are very promising watches. Yeah, believe it or not, at one time, Saturday night was a good night for television. Yep. I mean, you know what else was on ABC Saturday nights in 1976? What? Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, Starsky and Hutch. Big, big show, the Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, there's just one problem. I'm looking at the grid right now. You know what was on opposite Holmes and Yo-Yo? The Jeffersons? An emergency! Yeah, that'll get your show off the air real fast. Well, if you look at ABC on Saturday nights, specifically 8 to 9, there is a lot of future entries there. Mr. T and Tina, Polanski's Beauties, I don't think this is an entry. Maybe it is fish. And I know. No, that's a that's, I'm not touching, entry. I'm not touching no, fish. No, we're not touching fish. We're not touching fish. Even though it's a year or two. A pagoda like... is a treasure, good sir. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just didn't know if it was a uh, a potential candidate. No, nope. well, wait. But also, did... like you said, Hold sugar on. time. Time out. We did cover the critics. So I guess we could count fish. I guess so. We'll count it later. We'll we'll debate that later. But yeah, I mean, right there between 8 and 9 on Saturdays for the 76-77 season, you got legitimately five or six entries. That's bad. But they had a counter-program against the Jeffersons and Mary Tyler Moore and Bob Newhart in emergency somehow. Yeah, the thing of it is, ABC... 
actually pulled Holmes and Yo-Yo after 11 episodes. The Saturday before Christmas, December 18th, because the next week would actually be Christmas, they replaced it with Wonder Woman. And then they just burned off the final two episodes that August. So it was basically Wonder Woman and Starsky and Hutch until at least February, at which point they tried other things. We already talked about the other thing. Well, Mike already talked about the other things. I'll give you a hint. None of them worked. So there you go. I mean, it's a show that, strangely enough, has a bit of a legacy. I mean, we've seen uh, Android teams up with human shows in Future Cop and Man and Machine and Almost Human and some movie from 1987 involving Peter Weller. I don't remember the name of the movie. But Holmes and Yo-Yo was released on DVD in France, unfortunately, it only has French audio with no English language option whatsoever, but several episodes have made it to YouTube, unofficially. If you like Holmes and Yo-Yo, and you know French, you're good to go. But yeah, uh, aside from that, uh, this was actually one of TV Guide's 50 worst shows of all time. I believe it ranked number 33, but it didn't really stall out anybody's career, this show. Uh, John Shuck, of course, would go on to other things, which we will talk about later this week. Richard Schull continued acting well into 2000. Sadly, he's no longer with us. His last role in Two Family House as Mr. Barancaccio was a posthumous release. The last film he did while he was alive, Private Parts. Leonard Stern, he would go on to a few more shows. Lanigan's Rabbi for the NBC mystery movie. Operation Petticoat. Partners in Crime with uh, Lottie Anderson and Linda Carter. And Missing Pieces, whatever that is. Oh, it's a comedy with with, uh, Eric Idle. Sadly, he is no longer with us. By the way, fun fact. Did you know that Leonard Stern was Roger Price, the cartoonist, not the guy who created You Can't Do That on Television, created Mad Libs? Really? Mad Libs? Mad Libs. Not the game show, the actual uh, sort of pen and paper book thing. Oh, neat! And Arnie Sultan, he would go on to another show for ABC. He would help develop the American version of Too Close for Comfort. Because remember, that show was actually a British import. So yeah, nobody's career died because of Holmes and Yo-Yo. But, apparently, if you want police work, you better leave it to the humans. Because Holmes and Yo-Yo, it was just a thing on TV. It was. But it had its moments. I mean, the chemistry was there between 
Richard Shaw and John Chuck. You can't deny the chemistry. And their timing was absolutely impeccable. But it just couldn't come together to the uh, satisfaction of ABC Suits. No. So there you go. Hey, guys. Yeah. You want to play Amazon Prices Right? Oh, I can't wait. Let's hear that Bill Cohen music. This is the entire series of Holmes and Yo-Yo. This is the French release. Two DVDs, 13 episodes, all in French, no English option. So if you have a French-speaking friend or you are personal friends with Beldar Conad, you are good to go. Well, all I need to do is get a region free player and I'm good. You should. Because region coding on DVDs is BS. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, Greg, why don't you go first? In dollars and cents, please. What am I bidding on? The list the whole, price? Yeah, the list price. Okay. $27.72. Okay, Mike? I'm going to do this in French because why the heck not? $39.99. Well. I thought you were going to say one dollar bob in French. Oh, un centime! Un centime! <laughs> okay, well, if you can settle for a used copy, it will run you $45.20. Oh, list hey, price, look at that! But the list price, $29.99! Dang it, I was $10 over! I was, like, what, $2.70 short? Yep. And I'm not lying. I was yay close to saying $29.99, but I'm like, no, it's specialized. It's French. It's probably hard to find. We'll go $39.99. Damn it, I was close to a perfect bid. You were this close, Mike. Just a bit shy. Just a bit outside, to quote Harry Doyle in Major League. Quel dommage. Yeah, but again... Uh, unless you know French, it's of absolutely no use to you. And it's not streaming anywhere, although there are a couple of episodes on YouTube unofficially. I believe I saw the pilot, episode two, episode four, and episode five. It is very much a cop show that takes itself seriously, but isn't afraid to be goofy. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Because you knew what the conceit was with Get Smart, and that was the same conceit at play here. We have a whole lot more cop stories and other stories besides that at our website at itwasathingontv.com. Of course, we have all of the episodes, all of the minisodes, all of the live watches, links to our good friends at placetobenation.com, and if you go to our YouTube page, don't forget to like our videos, Subscribe, hit that notification bell.
so you can stay up to date on future entries in our special Shuckapalooza week, which continues on Thursday with the story of what happens when you go to sleep for 22 years in your grandfather's coffin. Talk about a future shock. Of course, this will all make sense next time, right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thank you for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one. Wow! Meet Detective Holmes and his robot partner, Yoyanovich. Well, see you tomorrow, partner. I got a date tonight. Hey, Alex, what do you do on a date? You have dinner, you go dancing, you hug a little, you kiss a little, you neck a little. Sounds like fun. What do you do all that with? With a woman. Oh, I'll make a note of that. Holmes and Yoyanovich. Saturday night at 8, 7 Central Mountain on ABC.